You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. A method that um, that has been a little bit more popular more recently, um, but it's a method of acquiring businesses. So, what we um, when we talk about succession planning, um, a lot of times we talk about succession planning in the concept of um, if you're a business owner, identifying somebody who is within your business, um, whether that's an employee uh, or if that's you know somebody that's in your family that you want to come in and, t- and to take over the business. Um, and then, you know, there are external exits that you that you think about as far as somebody that you identify who's going to come and make an outright cash purchase of the business. But one of the other ways that individuals are starting to um, to establish succession planning is through life insurance. And this is how it works. You are a business owner. You are getting up there in age and you want to ensure that if anything should happen to you, that there is somebody that can step in and take over the business. Now, um, internally, when you have multiple business partners, you can get something that's called uh, key man, either key man life insurance to where um, the other business partner can continue the business operations. And um, once that individual uh, passes away, there's an injection of capital that is the proceeds from the uh, from the life from the uh, life insurance policy that uses operating capital and to assist in replacing that individual. Um, but then there's also funded buy sell agreements that are that are typically talked about as in-house. So that means that um, either the company takes out a life insurance policy on both or, and, um, and pays the premiums on both of the or any of the owners that are within the business or the business owners themselves will take out a life insurance policy on the other individual pay those premiums and then when that individual passes away the premium the proceeds are paid to um to the other business owner and that business owner um uh, uses that money to pay out that person's family in order to recapture the amount of equity that uh, that he or she owned now what people are doing is they're they're doing this from an external manner so they're drafting something that's called unilateral buy sell agreements and this is you are somebody who um who owns a business you have no one else within your company that uh that you want to take over or you are the only person in the uh, in the organization and um and you want to make sure that the work that you've generated uh, does not go to waste. You want to make sure that if something happens to you, that your family is going to be taken care of. So a unilateral buy-sell agreement is where you draft uh, the terms um, for being able to sell your shares of the company um, and for what happens to your ownership in the company or the assets of your company once you pass away. And typically you are drafting this contract with a third party. So somebody, so another business. So let's say uh, business A has a single is a single owner business, and business B is in the same industry and wants to take over the company of business A. They will enter into an agreement where business B will own a life insurance policy on the owner of business A, and it, they, typically they'll own a life insurance policy and a disability policy. 
so what happens is the uh, so business B pays the premiums on the um, on the policies, and if the individual in business A either becomes disabled or if that person passes away, the proceeds are um, paid to business B. Business B will then use those proceeds to purchase either the assets or the stock or uh, membership interest of that business. Now, these these have to be set up in very specific ways because it also has to um, ensure that one, if um, the individual from business A is married, that there's a spousal consent that goes along with that because if it's community property that uh, the spouse of business of the owner of business A could contest the, um, the legitimacy of that transaction. But then also you have to ensure that um, the owner of business A uh, drafts a will that this is put into in order to um, further um, provide uh, substantive evidence of the legitimacy of the buy-sell agreement. Um, and then you want to make sure that you're stating that the um, that either the business owner will take all necessary steps or the business owner's representative will take all necessary steps in order to um, in order to make sure that that the pot that um, in, any documents that need to be signed or um, executed after the fact after the fact to get executed. Um, and then, and most importantly, making sure that you have the ability to adjust the values of the policies during the terms of the buy-sell agreement. Because if the company increases in value, you want to make sure that you're able to adjust the value of the policy, and you want to make sure that the owner of business A is required to do all things necessary in order to allow for the increase of that policy. Because as you know, when you get a life insurance policy um, or a disability policy, there are certain documents that have to be submitted. Uh, for life insurance, you have to take a physical exam. So um, you wanna make sure that everybody is going to be cooperative in making sure that this is uh, something that happens very seamlessly. Uh, and, then, and then finally, knowing that if you get a policy let's say you you have a life insurance policy on the individual for two million and the business and the business is valued at that person's death at um at 1.2 million well there's a gap of 800,000 in the proceeds that are going to be given so within the contract make sure that it's specifically articulated that any proceeds that are above and beyond whatever the business valuation is will remain the property of the individual who owned the policy and that would be the owner of company B. Now, this is a strategy that's not that can not only be used for um, individuals who are in, who own companies, uh, you know, outright, and they don't have a succession plan in place. Um, but if they are, let's say they own 75, 80% of the company, and they want somebody else who, uh, who has a, a business in the same industry to come in and take over that business, you could utilize it then. But if you are in a specialized industry, so if accounting, um, law, uh, if you're a physician, whatever the case may be, and you identify individuals who are solo practitioners in your area that are that are older, this may be a conversation for you to actually spark up because um, from a business owner perspective, it can be a way it, it can serve as a very, very legitimate way for you to expand your business, to take, to bring on new clients, to um, bring on new employees um, at a, at a very, very discounted cost. So we're, so later on on the, on the show, we have Ms. Tammy, who is a, is a credit coach. And one of the things that we'll discuss is um, uh, when you go to a bank and you're looking for financing, uh, your credit plays a huge role in it. And 
there are often times where individuals want to acquire businesses. Um, they, they want to engage in, in substantive or, or significant financing through uh, financial institutions, but they either don't have the credit profile or they don't have uh, the, the income profile in order to qualify for a loan. So uh, to hedge against not being able to go through underwriting, you can pay premiums for, for 10 years and, and you know, maybe pay $15,000, $20,000 on a life insurance policy and end up being able to buy a $2 million business and have some capital left over, some proceeds left over to assist in continuing to run the business rather than at the point where that individual passes away or, or um, becomes disabled trying to, uh, trying to go through financing at that point and running the risk of not being able to make it through underwriting in order to uh, close that, uh, that acquisition. So just another way to think about uh, M&A, another way to think about succession planning, and, and if you're on the, the acquisition side, expanding your business. Once again, this has been Legally Binding, brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.